0: Okay, just got back. I'm gonna finish this. Just a couple more chapters to go. Just I'm gonna get my Bible. Just a couple more chapters to go. And we're looking at Acts. Acts chapter 27. Is that right? I think we are in 27. Yes, Paul sails for Rome. So here we go. Put you over here. I just got back from dinner. Uh had satay. Really, really nice food. Uh, but then long walk back home and just got in. It is what time is it? It is 10:37. Yeah, it says 9:37 here. That's because I haven't changed my clocks yet. But yeah, I have two more chapters to do and then the Bible overview. And then I need to kind of like tidy everything up for tidy all this up, lay out the table for hot pot tomorrow, uh, and of course prepare for the lecture I'm giving. Tomorrow, that's why I'm doing this, to prepare for this overview of the book of Acts, which hopefully I will do tomorrow morning. Yes, Acts chapter 27. And when it was decided that we should sail for Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And embarking in a ship of Adramitium, which was about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day, we put in at Sidon, and Julius treated Paul kindly. Uh, Julius is uh, the centurion, kind of like his parole officer or his bodyguard. He's meant to accompany him all the way to Rome to make sure he gets there to face trial it sounds like he's made friends with Julius. and says here, Julius treated Paul kindly, gave him leave to his friends and to be cared for, and putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra and Lycia. There the centurion found a ship for Alexandria, sailing for Italy, and put us on board. So it sounds as if they're just Hopping on ship to ship, trying to find anything that's going in the right direction, almost like hitchhiking, um, but not quite. With ships. Um, verse seven, we sail slowly for a number of days and arrive with difficulty. With difficulty, off Canadas. It sounds as if they're starting to face resistance. You know, the winds are aga- against them, the weather is against them, and it's starting to get a bit hairy. This, de- this, this, um, this. Journey that you're taking to Rome. Uh, um, the wind did not allow us to go farther. We sailed under the lee of Crete of Salmoni, coasting along it with difficulty. Sorry, I read that again, verse eight. We came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lacia. Verse 9, since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot uh, and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Which, you know, kind of makes sense because they're like the captain, you know, they're they're the people who are seafarers. Paul is this theologian. But I think Paul has a certain insight into the reason why they're facing this resistance and he's trying to warning trying to warn them uh for their own good. Uh but he's not being listened to. Um, and because the harbor was not suitable to win- spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on a chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete facing both southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. Now, uh, when the south wind blew gently, supposing that it obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete, close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land. This wind started blowing them, I think blowing them out to sea. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. So they couldn't fight it. They just let the wind blow them wherever, I think blowing them out into the open sea. Running under the lee of a small island called Kata, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat after hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship, um, kind of like to tie the ship to maintain its integrity. Um, then, uh, fearing that it would run aground on Sirtis, they lowered their gear, and thus they were driven along. Since they were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. So really serious, they start throwing off all the stuff from the ship. By the way, this is very reminiscent of. I think Jonah, I think when they faced the situation, started throwing off the cargo as well. So this is a very serious storm. These uh, seasoned sailors themselves are starting to panic. Uh, Verse 19, And on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands, when neither sun sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us. All hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. So they gave up hope they, they thought they were going to die um, i think um, they thought this was it you know are going to die at sea you're going to drown verse 21 since they had been without food for a long time paul paul stood up among them and said men you should have listened to me and not set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss yet now i urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the ship For this very night there stood before me an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I've been told, but we must run aground on some island. So Paul, um, well, Firstly, he says, you should listen to me. <laughs> he, he, he kind of tells him, uh, you know, look at where we are now. You know, you should listen to me. But he says that um, God uh, assured him, do not be afraid. Uh, you must appear before Caesar. And it's very important for you to get to your destination to preach the gospel before the emperor. And as a result, God has granted you all who sail with you. Sounds like maybe even Paul prayed for them, and almost as a bonus, you know, not just saving Paul but saving everyone on the ship together with Paul. And he he he's telling them to eat food. You know, you you've been just gone, th- been through this really really stressful time, You're going to have something to eat, and he's concerned for them. He's been praying for them, and God has essentially saved all of them. But he does warn them. You know, it's going to be tough times ahead. We're going to lose the whole ship, but you guys are going to be saved says we must run aground on some island, verse 26. Yeah. So good news, but also realistic expectations of what's ahead. Verse 27. When the fourteenth night had come, as we were being driven along across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found twenty fathoms. I never know what a sounding is. Do they drop something into the sea to kind of like measure the depth of the sea so it's 20 fathoms in verse 28 a little farther on they took sounding again and found 15 fathoms so um they uh, less water less less depth of water they they're coming close to land um and fearing that they might that we might run on the rocks they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for a day to come and as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and that lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. What a change of heart. You know, now it looks as if the centurion believes Paul. You know, finally, they're taking him at his word. They say, this guy actually knows what he's doing, what he's saying. And I, I guess by association, he's God really is with him and so you know they cut away the escape boat that's how much they trust Paul at this point of time because uh, I guess I don't know what do they have to go on I guess uh, maybe his confidence in God perhaps or uh, just his character maybe yeah anyway they're willing to take that risk you know they cut away their escape boat Uh, because Paul says it's all or nothing everyone needs to stay together Verse 33, as day it was was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food. Again, eating food. (laughs) Today is the 14th day that you've been continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food. So much mention of food. I'm so full right now. (laughs) It doesn't help to read about all this food. For it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread, and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they all were encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. So they even threw out their food. This is how confident they were that they are going to be saved. They even threw out their food supplies. Now when it was day, they, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay on a beach, on which they planned it possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchor and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that had tied the rudders. Then hoisting a foresail to the wind, they made for the beach, but striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow struck and remained unmovable, got stuck, and the stern was being broken up by the surf, and bashed. By the waves. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, uh, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. There's kind of like a parallel here. You know, God saving Paul, in order, and in order to save Paul, he saves everyone. And now uh, the centurion, wanting to save, save Paul, um, saves everyone. It's kind of like an all or nothing kind of picture of salvation whereby God's uh, well uh, I think it shows that God actually listens to the prayers of Paul that um, his salvation almost overflows From Paul, there's a kind of like uh, overflow effect that because he wants to save this person, everyone around him. You can think of it as, you know, the salvation that comes to someone's family, to someone's people, you know, God's favor kind of like overflows from that person's, um, well, his love on that particular person. And so here the centurion shows that same care and the same kind of like thinking in saving Paul. So again, verse 43, But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And, it was, and so it was that all were brought safely to land. And the key word there being all. You know, all of them were saved. And it just reflects Paul's thinking. You know, he is really concerned for everyone under his care, and he wants for all of them to be saved. You know, some of the want to escape says, no, all of us need to be staying together. God wants to save him, wants to bring him to, to Rome, but he prays for all of them to be saved. Now, inferring that he prayed for them, but I I, I think it's it, it, it's a fair assumption that he had concern for everyone with him on this journey. And I think it shows. It shows in the relationship that strengthens between him and the centurion. Initially, a centurion didn't want to listen to him, but now he grows in trust, grows in concern and love and friendship for Paul. And I think it shows the development of character and also of relationship and how it results in salvation overflowing to the people around us, to the people whom we love. Uh, For us, in terms of application, you know, just praying. Praying for people whom we love who have not been saved yet and how actually God can use us to bring them to a knowledge of salvation and to a knowledge of trust in Him. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, All right. um, that's Acts chapter 27. I'm uh, going to stop here. Um, maybe, maybe I'll do one more chapter just to cover the end. But uh, feeling really tired, uh, partly because of the good food I just had. But also I need to, again, set up everything for tomorrow's, dinner and then prepare the materials for uh the 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 pilot project tomorrow i actually bought a ream of paper just to print out the handouts Uh, i need to do handouts as well but yeah lots to do uh so i need to get on that anyway thank you for watching if you are watching if not well (laughs) this is for my benefit anyway Uh, but take care and god bless bye-bye